0: This is Ein Yaakov. We, uh, we, need to do some, we need to do what we owe. We owe some debts. When I say we owe some debts, I mean last time I promised that we would do a sikha that we didn't get to. So when you do that sikha, then we'll continue. Um, we're at the beginning of Perek Shvi. We're in the daft that would correspond to Laman Bez, Laman Bez. But since we are in Ein Yaakov, there are no daft, and we are on the entry. Ain Bez in Beis and Perek Shvi. And what we talked about yesterday was Tefillah Belachash. That Shmet is supposed to be davened silently. It's supposed to be davened quietly. And uh, we saw a little bit of Chassidus about why it's supposed to be daven. Quietly, we talked about how at the level of Atsilos, which is where we're holding by Shemena Esra, which also corresponds to Seve of which also corresponds to Bittal and Chochmah. At all of these levels, it makes sense that there shouldn't be too much noise, so that's why we have a silent Shemena Esra. I told you there's a sechah from the Rebbe. It is. It's a famous sechah. It's a long sechah, a little bit complicated. It's printed in Shulchan Menachem completely, which gives you an idea of how important it is for halacha. Whenever there's a sechah that is super important for halacha, the Shulchan Menachem brings basically the whole thing. In this sechah, the Rebbe tries to figure out uh, what what different Rishenim hold about tefillah based on what they think about how silent tefillah has to be. How silent it has to be. So first of all, there's a machlekis between the Zayar and the Shulchan Aruch. I say machlekis, they're totally different ages, right? The Zayar is a Tana and the Shulchan Aruch is the Shulchan Aruch. But I mean, the Zayar and the Shulchan Aruch have different conclusions. The Zayar holds that when we daven Shemineser, it should be completely silent and my ears can't hear it either. This is uh, implied from the Zayar, the Zayar actually doesn't say it directly, but the Rebbe thinks that's what the Zayar means and therefore, of course, that's what the Zayar means. The Zayar, it means to say that I shouldn't even hear my own voice when I'm davening Shemineser. Is that the Din? It's not the din, you know the din. Din in Shochan Aruch is, I should hear my words, nobody else should hear my words. So first of all, this Machlekes in Kabbalah and Nigla over whether the words should be heard at all, just how quiet they should be. Noteworthy is that everybody agrees that the person next to me shouldn't hear me. And uh, this does happen in shoals sometimes, you ever been in a show like this? this? This drives my father crazy. He listens to these recordings, he'll be laughing right now. This drives my father crazy. Sometimes he will find himself next to somebody who for some reason is dominating loud enough that he can hear them. It drives him crazy. So, <laughs> sometimes you end up in a shul. the guy next to you is davening Shmed Esther, his silent Shmed is louder than Khazar Sashat. That happens. Uh, but nobody else, everybody agrees, right, everybody agrees that no one else is supposed to be able to hear you. That's everybody. There are two exceptions in Puskim says you can daven out loud if you want to teach your family how to daven and there's a base that says you can daven a little bit louder than normal if you're trying to have better kavanah so, there are two possible exceptions. That's also why it's brought in Beis if It's also brought in Shulchan Aruch. Then in Yom Narayim, there might be a hetter for davening, even the Sheman a little louder because it's Me'er Kavanah. So, we have Beis Yosef as a hetter that is about, I'm allowed to raise my voice a little bit if it's going to help with my Kavanah. I have the Torah who says I can do it if I want to uh, educate my family. Now, the Rebbe says if we want to understand where all these shittites come from, we have to take a step back. So, this is the secha. It sounds like a secha, right? We have a maskana. We're going to take a step back, come to a conclusion as the structure of a He says that there are three ways to understand hearing uh, hearing. Your your voice during davening. Three options. One option is that we don't want to hear our voice during shemini esra because of the gemara mesaches brachas we saw yesterday, which is that we that it means that you're amuna. Somebody who hears his own voice, somebody who shouts during shemini esra, who talks out loud during davening, uh, during shemini esra, it implies that they think God can't hear them. That God will hear me better if I scream louder. That God will care more if I scream louder. Somehow I believe that the odds of my tefillah being answered is correlated to how loud I am. That shows that I have a lack of faith. So that's one possibility. That's a gemara Mesachas brachas. We also have our gemara Mesachas Etu that the Rebbe doesn't mention, but it also is a reason that's al which is that we do a silent Shmeneser for an outside reason completely, because we're worried, about, um, we're worried about sinners being embarrassed when they mention their Avera's in Shmeneser. Sinners, you've never heard of such a thing. Some people do Avera's, uh, rare, not in Pomona, but in New City, in Muncie, in other places, not Pomona. <laughs> in the other surrounding areas, Aramont sometimes even, we have a Avera somewhere, not Pomona, maybe Upper Pomona, not Pomona, not Lower Pomona. Not Pomona, not Pomona. <laughs> in any event... Uh, one of the reasons why we have a silent monastro is for outside reasons. Nothing to do with davening. Davening could be out loud, but we don't want to show that we have poor faith. We don't want to embarrass people who are doing Avedas. It is davening the according to this opinion, could be out loud. But the problem is that outside factors are getting in the way. There's another approach. Another approach is that the etzem gedr of tefillah is that it should be quiet. And there's two ways to understand that. One way to say that the etzem gedr tefillah should be quiet is that the words of tefillah are meant to be said quietly. Tefillah is a quiet activity, full stop tefillah is a quiet activity and there is a third way to understand it which is that tefillah isn't a quiet activity but kavanah is a quiet activity that the kavanah that I need to be having by tefillah requires me to be quiet I can't have that level of kavanah when I'm loud there's a certain kavanah that comes from contemplation from internal meditation so to summarize we have three ways of looking at the chiyuv not to raise our voice during shmanesra way number one is outside factors not about davening davening could be loud whatever problem is it makes it look like that I don't have much faith or it makes uh, people who do Avedas embarrassed an outside reason how is going to be embarrassed by hearing me? Some people, when they're, they daven, not say they're, they're a ah. Right. So, reason number one is that it's an outside factor. Tefillah could be out loud if we wanted it to be. Problem is, outside factors. Idea number two is that Tefillah itself is meant to be quiet. And idea number three is that Kavanah is meant to be quiet. Understand the three ideas? One, two, and three. The Rebbe then lines them up. The Rebbe says that. The Beis Yesef and the Rambam will both agree that it's not for some side reason, it's for one of those two reasons. That Rambam will tell you that the reason why we daven quietly is because tefillah is meant to be quiet, and the Beis Yesef will tell you that the reason we daven quietly is because kavanah is best achieved when done quietly. The Torah, on the other hand, will tell you the first one, that davening itself can be out loud, it's just outside factors that change whether we're allowed to daven out loud. That, that reflects in their shittas. So the Torah will tell you when you're allowed to daven out loud to educate your family. Why? Because tefillah itself can be out loud. It's just that if you daven out loud, you look like you have, you have only a little bit of faith or you, look, or you might embarrass sinners. That's not gonna happen when you're educating your family. So the tour falls into that first slot. Tefillah Ba'etzam could be out loud and when the factors, those outside factors are not in play, we are allowed to uh, daven out loud. Rambam is going to, uh, he explains, I'm not going to do it right now, explains in Lushin Rambam why it fits into the idea that tefillah itself is supposed to be quiet. Beis Yisif, when does Beis Yisif say you're allowed to daven out loud? Only when it helps with your kavanah. Why? Because the whole reason why tefillah is supposed to be quiet, according to Beis Yisif, is because it helps with kavanah. If your kavanah is helped by it being louder, then daven out loud. Okay. He does, he, but he, it, it, there's a subtlety in the sechah that we're not going it's a, to, it's, it's a whole sechah. I can't do the whole sechah. He deals with it. He deals with it. The Rebbe then says, which one is most in line with Chsidis? What does Chsidis hold? Chsidis holds like the Beis Yisif. holds like that, and you'll never hear that sentence anywhere but Chabad. <laughs> Only in the should we say, Chsidis holds like the Beis yesif. Chsidis holds like the Beis yesif. That is, that, that chsidis is most in line with the Beis because we hold that, and he puts a little quote here from the al not a little quote, but it's a short quote, this is the reason why we have silent Shmen As the author the Rebbe says, <laughs> That the whole point of Shmen is that it's supposed to be in a state of Bittl and iskalus. At that level, I'm supposed to have the Kavana. The Kavana that I'm supposed to have in Shmen is that I don't even exist in the first place, that I'm completely one with Hashem. And at that level, it doesn't make sense to be talking. So it sounds the most like the Beis So this lines up with the Beis Yisif's idea. The Rebbe then concludes by saying that this explains why the Zayar is so extreme. So the Zayar says, Not only do I think that it's important for your Kavana of Tefillah, Important for the bittl of tefillah, that you not make any sounds. I think it's so important for the Bitel that it should be a bittl memetzias, bittl mochlat. It's not a bittl where other people can't hear me, it's a bittl where no one can hear me. I should, even I shouldn't be able to hear me. Because the bittl that the zayar wants is the absolute highest level of bittl and tefillah, which is really, that's in the shitt of the Beis Yosef. So the shitt of the Beis Yosef, as the rabbi explains it, which is that the whole reason we're quiet during tefillah is that we can have a kavana of being in a state of bittl and hayda really comes into its own, not in the shulchanach, but in the zayar. Just the zayar takes it to the greatest extreme, which is I shouldn't be able to hear any voice at all. Do we have any time left? We do. It's only seven minutes. Let's do a little more. Well, I'll say that that's yes. why it's not surprising that Placidus is more aligned with that. Why? Oh, because if it's the zero, Yes, yes. <clears throat> We're in Ayan Gimel here. We have a Pisca. Piska says, We're reading in Yaakov. Can you imagine? We're reading in Yaakov now, not just saying a sechah. tfila. <laughs> One of the things that we can say in any language is tefillah. You do not have to daven. You do, not, you do not have to daven in Hebrew. You can daven in any language. Tefillah, Rachmihi, because tefillah is. Prayer—it's rachamim. Any way you want to ask Hashem for help, you can daven. That's it. It doesn't have to do with uh, what words you use. It has to do with what you feel and what you're asking for. Ask the Gemara. Ask the Aniyakev. Ask the Gemara. Really, I can daven in any language I want. Anyone, I can daven in Spanish. Sure. French. Absolutely. Latin. If you really want to. Ah. You're not allowed to use Aramaic. You're not allowed to daven in Aramaic. Because it says, anybody who asks for his needs in Aramaic, the angels do not listen to him. Because the angels don't know Aramaic. So I just said you can daven in any language you want. Sounds like any language but Aramaic. So what do you mean? Like, not a question, that's. That means an individual is not allowed to daven in Aramaic, but a tzibur is allowed to daven in Aramaic. A whole group together is allowed to daven in Aramaic. Aramaic. Ask the Gemara, is it really true that they don't understand Aramaic? The Gemara is going to go on to give an example where Malachim spoke Aramaic. We're going to do that tomorrow. Let's just pause here and do a little bit of the commentary on this section. Uh, why they why can't uh, the why don't they just look at the translation? Yeah, Why can't they can't get an art scroll from the Aramaic to the English? There's a taste of Mesecha Shabbos that asks how it's possible that Malachim don't speak a language. What, what happened here? The, the Malachim are good at languages. Uh, well, so you should know that the reason… Every time we say something in Aramaic, it's because we believe that Hashem's there personally and that a malach's not ushering our prayers up. For example, Rahman Allah you have a mourner who's saying Kaddish for a close relative. God doesn't send a malach to comfort a mourner. God comes personally to comfort a mourner. Because God's there personally, you don't need a malach ushering the prayer. You can speak in Aramaic and God understands you. That's why Kaddish is in Aramaic. Every time we do Aramaic, it's because God's very close to us. We do Aramaic with a minion. Why? Because uh, because every time you have an eidah, when you have all ten yidn in a room, the shechinah itself is there. Malachim don't usher up the prayers of a minion. Hashem himself handles the prayers of a minion. By the way. Nissen Mangel one time. My father asked Nissen Mangel a question and, uh, and I heard the answer. Uh, my father asked Nissen Mangel um, years ago why at the end of Shmanesra you take three steps back and then you go left, right, center and after Kaddish you go right, left, center. Or right, right, left, center. Yeah. Why do you go left first after Shmanesra and right first after Kaddish? Anybody know the answer? The feet, the feet is because of the weak. Yeah, why the head? Why does the, why does the head go left after Shmanesra and right after Kaddish? Huh? Uh-huh. Right, and Kaddish? Right, so why, why by Kaddish the opposite? Ah, so my father asked this to Nisim Nisamangel's Nisim Angel's answer, Shmeneser, you're davening before a king. Kaddish, the king is holding you. Kaddish, the king's, the king's there. The king's there. The king's right in front of you, right behind you. The king's holding you like so. And your right is his right, and his left is your left. Hashem, Hashem shows up for a mourner. It's not a, it's, not a, it's not a servant talking to a king. It's a mourner, be, it's a mourner being comforted by his father. So, Hashem's, the reason why you dive into the right is because your right is Hashem's right when you're saying Kaddish. And your right is Hashem's left when you're Dominic Manasseh. It's a beautiful answer. In any event, uh, why don't Malachim speak Aramaic? Why don't Malachim speak Aramaic? It's a great way to always remember which way to bow, though. It's a great. <laughs> um, I don't know what his source is. I don't think he needs a source. Nisim Mangel a primary source, He's a Kabbalist. Tesis and Masach HaShavis asks how it's possible that Malachim don't speak any language and Tesis do, don't speak a specific language. Tesis doesn't answer that question. But. Tesis definitely understands our Gemara as meaning literally the Malachim don't speak it. The Malachim just don't know that language. That's implied from Tesis. Why do I think that's important? Because a lot of Rishenim don't understand our Gemara this way. A lot of Rishenim understand our Gemara as saying that the Malachim do speak Aramaic, they just don't like it. Tesis seems to feel that they literally don't know the language. They have to take like a Duolingo course or something, they have to take a course in Aramaic. Uh, there's a rush. The rush says Malachim totally speak Aramaic. Absolutely they speak it. But they won't relay those tefilas to Hashem because it's a disgusting language and they don't like it. And when you dive in Aramaic, they go, yeah, this is gross, and they throw it away. They speak it and they hate it. The Rush says it's a vindictive; they're vindictive malachim. The Miiri says that it's not that the malachim don't like it; it's that we're bad at it. Aramaic has always spoken poorly, says the Miiri. Aramaic's a lot like Yiddish in that most people who speak it are understood, but don't do it all that well. Aramaic: the grammatical rules are funky; no one really knows them. People dive in, in Aramaic; they do a bad job. So says the Miiri: the malachim, when they get our tefillas in our language, when I do a tefillah in English, the malachim go, "Okay, it's not Hebrew, but I get it. Okay, this is Hebrew, but I get it." They hear Aramaic and they go, "You messed up all the." Grammar. I don't even know what you want. They don't even start. It says the Miri. They just don't know what to do with it. The Aramaic comes. They go. I don't understand your Aramaic. Real Aramaic. I understand. But who speaks good Aramaic? There is a Ben Yadda and we'll conclude with the Ben The Ben Yadda, ben yadda says. That malachim's job is not to bring your tefillas to Hashem. That would be a problem of shittuf. Malachim don't usher your tefillas upward. You talk to God. The malachim, they have the job of making sure that tefillas don't fall to klipa. Every time you daven, there's a risk that klipa will grab on your tefillah and drag it away from Hashem. So a malach's job is to make sure your tefillahs can go up the way that they are supposed to. They hate Aramaic though, so they have a policy: Aramaic, we're not touching. Let, let, let happen what's going to happen. If the klipa grabs it, let the klipa grab it. If it goes up, it goes up. We're not getting involved in the Aramaic. We protect Tfilas that aren't in Aramaic. Therefore, says the Ben-Yayada, an Adam Gadol, who's sure that, he's, that his, that his tefillahs are going to be heard by Hashem, doesn't have to worry about whether he's davening in Aramaic. Because if he's, if he's sure his tefillahs are going to be heard by Hashem, they're not going to follow the klippa anyway, and the malachim aren't getting in the way, they're not batting them down, they're just not getting in the way of the clipper that wants to pull them down. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you all very much. Good chaydesh. Good chaydesh.